Hello, and welcome to yet another anime podcast. Just who the hell do I think I am? I'm Ninja Boy, and I'm yet another anime podcast host. So this isn't the day of the week I normally release episodes, and the next regular episode of the podcast will come out on January 8th, where I look back at the fall 2020 anime season. That being said, as an anime content creator, I'm pretty much obligated to have an anime of the year, so I figured why the hell not? Let's throw a uh, yet another anime podcast award show. Um, but if I'm going to do this, I think I'm going to do this in a methodical process in place. Just naming my single best anime of the year is going to be pretty boring and, you know, got to build that suspense. So since the core episodes of my podcast are the first episode previews and the full season lookbacks where I score all the anime I've completed, I figured why not do the work that used to work I already done for prior seasons and, you know, go on a season per season basis to be the most logical thing to do. Um, now, this podcast started covering the spring 2020 anime season back in April, and we've completed the summer 2020 season as well, so those anime scores are pretty much locked and loaded. Uh, with the fall season, again, we'll have the full reviews on the next regular episode, but with most shows winding down at this point, if not already completed, I have a general idea of where each show is going to end up, and I've given preliminary scores for those shows. Now, the real tricky one is the winter anime season. I wasn't actively watching anime at the time, really, aside from My Hero Academia Season 4 and Inner Species Reviewers. Uh, while, and while I have watched Keep Your Hands Off, Azoken and Dora Hedor since, um, it doesn't seem like I was giving winter a fair sake to you know only go off of those anime. Uh, to alleviate that, i actually been turning through the first episodes of some of the highly reviewed and rated series from that season, and based on my first impressions on those, found time to dig into a couple other series in full that were the most likely to yield at, at least a 4 out of 5 on my rating scale. Uh, and again, that scale is uh, 3 out of 5 being average, 5 out of 5 being you know pretty much almost perfect, um, 4 out of 5 above average, 2 out of 5 below average, and 1 out of 5 is uh, pretty much I can't really recommend this to anyone else. Um, you know, Based off of that scale, looking at the television anime of 2020, I've completed... Uh, that I've completed, there are about 23 series total that got at least a 4 or a 5, um, with about 5 or 6 anime per season. Um, I'm actually not counting the last season of Attack on Titan, uh, in that since it's you know only been about 4 episodes, um, and not even halfway to give a full score, um, though granted it does seem promising. Uh, 23 uh, full-length seasons, or full, you know, full shows, not, you know, the sorts, uh, was super close to getting, uh, you know, 25, so I could say I have top 25 anime of 2020, so I ran out of the list with a couple of movies that I've watched. Uh, anyway, without further ado, let's dig into that top 25 anime of 2020 and work out our anime of the year and some other awards as well for the yet another anime podcast show. Um, note, I won't really be doing in-depth looks into the plot or details of most shows, aside from those from Winter 2020, which I haven't reviewed really. Uh, for full details of those, check out the past episodes for the respective seasons, uh, full lookbacks or first impressions. Winter 2020. So, as I noted, Winter 2020 was the season when I was minimally watching anime before I started the podcast uh, and watching the first season of literally everything. 
At the time, the only anime I actually was really keeping up with off the bat was My Hero Academia Season 4, a leftover from the fall 2019 anime season. My Hero Academia is, at this point, one of the bigger juggernauts of the slate of Weekly Shonen Jump anime adaptations, and if you're not already invested in this show, uh, Season 4 is not the place to jump in. Um, I know it got a lot of flack for perhaps not being as well of an adaptation as it could have been, um, especially production-wise, given presumably that some of the show's resources were going to the My Hero Academia movie that was coming out at the same time. Uh, but based off of the strength of the original source material, um, you know, and given that it is my, one of my favorite arcs in the original manga, it uh, really amped up the world-building and introduced an element of grit to the plot, I ended up giving My Hero Academia Season 4 a 4 out of 5. Now, based off of the hype and the headlines that I saw, I actually gave interspecies reviewers uh, a chance. And, you know, basically the premise is that in the swords and sorcery fantasy world, some adventurers spend their hard-earned adventuring booty to get some booty uh, at various brothels. Uh, each episode focuses on the crew rolling up to a different brothel with a different specialty of monster girl in it, uh, which, as the name suggests, they end up giving a review of the girls in question. Basically a not-safe-for-work Yelp score. Now, normally, this kind of show would be a low-production-quality arrow show that you kind of skip over, you know, because everything's too heavily censored for broadcast TV, um, and you wait until the Blu-rays come out, at which point, you know, it's too late, um, or you go check out the source material. Uh, Surprisingly, Interspecies Reviewers has a surprising amount of thought put not only, of course, into the quote-unquote plot uh, and, and the jiggly bits, uh, but also in the world-building and looking at how the different species that would make up the world would interact, not only in bed, but also in everyday life. And, you know, the animation on the not safe for work portions are uh, quite something else, um, definitely blurring the line between what would be traditional hentai as well as, you know, uh, traditional mainline mainline studio animation so you know it's actually worth sailing the high seas for the uncensored version i believe the atx version that aired uh, surprisingly even myself i actually gave interspecies reviewers a four out of five partly again because i noted for as the the obvious care and craft and thought put into the show's production and the world building but also partly i think for what the show represents as kind of finding that b- what the border is between mainstream anime and the more uh, intense hardcore stuff now, I wouldn't feel comfortable naming an anime of 2020 based off of those two anime alone, so I had to do my homework and watch more. I blitzed through some of the higher-rated shows of the season, and, you know, here's a quick rundown on some shows I watched the first episode of, but did not have time to end up completing the entire series before this episode. Uh, Inspector, um, I-N slash Spectre, um, is a supernatural romance anime involving a girl who can talk with yokai and a boy who scares yokai for some reason. Id Invaded is some sort of detective show uh, where said detective uses futuristic technology to dive into the subconscious of the suspected killer to try and piece together whether or not they committed the question, the crime in question and how. Somali and the Forest Spirit is a cute ESK anime about a forest guardian golem who finds an orphaned human boy in his forest in a world where humans are prey for different monster species, and they end up traveling the world in order to try to find more of the boy's kind. If My Favorite Pop Idol Made It to the Budokan, I Would Die is an idol show where the focus is less on the idols themselves, uh, trying to make it big, and more so on the uh, otaku superfans who spend all of their spare money to support their favorite uh, idols in question, especially focusing on one super enthusiastic female fan uh, who is a fan of the least popular girl in an underground idol group. 
science fell in love, and so I tried to prove it. Uh, two nerds, uh, and I mean super nerds, like PhD uh, math nerds, uh, think they fall in, lo- in, in love with each other. Um, in true scientific fashion, rather than jumping to conclusions, they instead conduct a series of experiments and try to empirically prove that that is the case and understand truly what love is. Now, I think all of these would at least get a 3 out of 5, um, and some very well could have gotten 4 out of 5. In particular, I'm interested in following up with Science Fell in Love, as that speaks to my nerdy heart. Um, it's just a matter of time and also perhaps not being in the mood for some of the darker shows or the more slower-paced shows as uh, I needed to, you know, probably only had time to watch one or two shows before really being able to uh, write, record this episode in time. Now, one show I did check out here and got hooked on was Buffery, or I don't want to get hurt, so I maxed up my defense. Now, granted, part of it is that I am planning on doing an Isekai episode in February, so this was an easy excuse to start this series, but it generally, genuinely is pretty cute. Uh, the premise is that a noob gamer girl, at the encouragement of her pro-gamer friend, decides to start playing a virtual reality MMO all a sort of online. Um, since her friend is stuck study- studying, said new gamer, who goes by the tag Maple, ends up intuitively deciding to pick a great shield as her weapon and maxing out all her starting stat points into defense, leaving nothing for attack, a HP, speed, or anything else. Uh, between a combination of sheer luck and counterintuitive out-of-the-box thinking that actually makes sense, uh, by the end of the first episode, she somehow has gotten a ton of damage resistances, including immunity to poison, and is basically impervious to any real sort of damage from anything. Um, inquires, and she acquires some game-breaking skills by defeating a Hydra by eating it, uh, because he's immune to damage and to poison. So the hijinks kind of get crazy from there as he proves that the game's devs for this MMO clearly did not do enough uh, edge case testing and she's able to find exploits to work around even their nurse directly to her skills. Uh, she ends up creating a guild with her friends and you know others she meets in the game as the plot progresses from PvE to eventual PvP combat against other guilds as she discovers more game-breaking secrets. I really enjoyed her building her reputation as a player and the forum chats that cap off each episode. Look up translation for those uh, if you can. Now, obviously, I'll get into the series more in that Isekai episode, but frankly, this has a lot of elements from other Isekai I really like. While it does share Sword Art Online's VR MMO element and is technically an Isekai in that sense, um, it's truly just them playing a video game and doesn't have the you die in the game, you die in real life uh, element of it. And it just happens to be a VR game, so it focuses more on the fun of the game as opposed to the, oh, we're trapped in a game situation, right? It's not like these died and can't come back to real life. Uh, and in that sense, there's a lot of really low stakes here. And, you know, I think the other part is that the fact that it focuses more on the mechanics of the game than Sword Art Online did uh, has similarities to one of my all-time favorite shows, uh, Log Horizon, in that the main character uses unique tactics and strategy aside from what you might normally expect to succeed. It also has elements of time I was reincarnated as a slime in that her unique approach to breaking the rules of the world via creative out-of-the-box thinking of using her skills in different ways uh, is similar to what the main character in that so Rimuru does. Again, thinking about it, this is a uh, uh, Silver so- Link Snow, and three of the four Silver Link Snows from this year I watched, uh, and the three that I liked, uh, all focus on characters that kind of break the rules of the world around them. Reincarnated as a villainess uh, does this with you know the main protagonist breaking the rules of the harem genre, and Demon Kid. Demon King Academy misfit, you know, is you know break it kind of breaks the expected rules of that particular magic world for this one character. 
Now, the show is somewhat super fast-paced. It adapts over apparently over 200 chapters of the light novel in only 12 episodes. But it is a light and breezy fun show without too high stakes, which you know made it go down like you know like popcorn. You you generally know that Maple and her friends will will in the end, so that tension is somewhat lacking. But unlike other known tension shows, I've kind of railed against with uh, especially this season that I found boring. The thing that keeps you coming back is just seeing how silly Maple will break the game this time. Uh, kind of like watching One Punch Man and Saitama. Um, um, I don't think there's so much to say on the thematic level of those shows, but in any case, before we has a second season announced, which I'm pretty happy about, and you know, I gave this show a four out of five. Uh, I also watched two other anime from Winter 2020 over the course of the year at different points for other episodes I did for the podcast. Uh, for my Netflix Jail episode, I watched the first episode of Dora Hedero, the gritty alternate world so- store. Uh, uh, the, the alternate world show of the amnesiac magician hunting lizard named K-Man. Uh, my initial thoughts on how the show would turn out weren't exactly spot on, but nevertheless, I still enjoyed it quite a bit. I say that the 5 a.m. one morning actually to binge the series straight through. A uh, Part of the appeal is the show's unique CG look, which I think matches the eerie and unsettling feel of that was supposed to have uh, of the show and the, and the atmosphere there, without looking as janky as earlier CG anime might have. Um, I also really appreciated the crazy cast of characters um, getting uh, you know, fairly well-rounded. Not only do the protagonists came in and his friends do, but also the antagonists as well. Um, every in the show is a little bit fucked up and, you know, it kind of shows and that's where the entertainment comes from and seeing these people kind of class against each other without necessarily having any malice against these other per se. Now, unfortunately, we did end on a somewhat rust uh, read-the-manga-type cliffhanger ending, but hopefully, you know, it has enough positive review that we're going to get a second season announced sometime in the future TBD. Um, other than that, I definitely recommend you check this out, especially if you like grittier shows, um, in, especially in post-apocalyptic-type worlds. Um, Dora Hedero gets a 4 out of 5 for me. And then finally, for the episode about manga and anime, about making manga and anime, uh, I made time to watch Masaki Yuasa's latest series, Keep Your Hands Off Eizuken. Again, most of my thoughts on that show are in that episode, so check that out. But in short, I think the show is a perfect encapsulation of the power of imagination and a peek into the mind of the creative spirit. Spirit, uh, combined with Yuasa's unique style and the lovingly rendered backgrounds, plus you know those moments when the imagination OST kicks in, it's not hard to see why the New York Times ranked it as one of the top anime, t- top TV shows of the year, not just anime of, of 2020. And so I gave Keep Your Hands Off Azuken a five out of five. Now, the recap for the winter season, we had uh, the leftover long-running series My Hero Academia Season 4, 4 out of 5, Interspecies Reviewer, 4 out of 5, Doorhead Roar, 4 out of 5, Bofuri, or Maxed Out Defense, Isekai, uh, 4 out of 5, and then Keep Your Hands Off Azuken, 5 out of 5. Uh, with the only 5 out of 5 for this season, it's clear to see why Keep Your Hands Off Azuken is the related uh, yet another anime podcast of the year, uh, yet another anime podcast, anime of the season for winter 2020. Spring 2020. 
Now, moving on to the spring 2020 season. This is when I started, actually launched my podcast uh, for the first time in time for the first impressions episode for this season. Of course, with COVID sweeping the world, uh, so many shows got delayed. Uh, I started off with 30 first episodes, 15 of which I kept past the three episode rule point. Um, However, six of those ultimately ended up getting delayed to future future seasons due to COVID, leaving me with only nine shows total for the season, plus BNA, which ended up premiering in Netflix in time for me to review it for 10 total. Um, Again, uh, the full Spring 2020 reviews are in that episode, but for the shows I got a four out of five, um, five uh, were the following six. Uh, Gleipnir, uh, which is the surprise of the season, which is the death battle series focused on Suichi, a boy who has the power to mysteriously turn into a giant dog mascot, and his partner Claire, who combines Etsy, Gore, and a surprisingly high level of action Sakuga with a mysterious atmosphere with a bit, bit of an edge to it uh, for a final score of 4 out of 5. Harmifura, or My Next Life as a Villainess, All Roots Lead to Doom. Uh, the next Silver Link show of the year is that another Isekai, but specifically in the Otome Villainess subgenre. Uh, following the exploits of Katarina Kleis, or Bakarina, uh, the reincarnated main character subverts the expectations of her role as a villainess in a dating sim to instead create her own pansexual harem without even realizing what she's doing. Shenanigans too. Lighthearted fun, this one nets a final score of 4 out of 5 and actually already has a second season announced. Kakushi Goto is a heartwarming tale of a single father trying to raise his daughter while trying to also hide his supposedly shameful profession as a gag mangaka artist. It relates with flash forwards, or perhaps the cute bits are flashbacks, uh, to a future where the girl is grown up and learns of her father's secrets for the first time. The relatively simplistic style mixed with the real heart net to show a 4 out of 5. BNA, or Brand New Animal, is the latest trigger joint that is a Netflix exclusive. Luckily, it dropped at the end of the season, so I was able to binge it. While it doesn't quite live up to the heights of other trigger shows such, or, or Gainax shows such as Killer Kill and Gurren Lagann, uh, the moralizing is a little bit heavy-handed here as well. I am a trigger fanboy and love their striking synthwave color palette and unique animation style that tells a story that can only be told in the medium of animation. BNA gets a 4 out of 5. Uh, the first and probably best Crunchyroll webtoon adaptation so far, uh, Tower of God also premiered in the spring. And while there certainly are criticisms that it's a poor and somewhat rust adaptation of the source material, though nowhere as rust as God of High School was, um, as an anime-only viewer, it set up a really compelling world with a well-developed power system and interesting characters with room to grow further in future seasons, hopefully. Obviously, with the Crunchyroll acquisition by Sony, it's uncertain if that will actually come to pass, but for what it is, Tower of God got a 5 out of five for me. And finally, we have the sequel to the popular high school rom-com Kaguya-sama Wants to be Confessed to Love is War in its second season following the hijinks of the school student council of Sweden Academy as the president and vice president vie for each other's attention. Uh, the first academy, the first season was already a, lot, a riot with mostly episodic gags, but you know, uh, focused on the main pair. But this season leveled up by introducing longer arcs that not only uh, fleshed out that main couple, but also the supporting cast of Ishigami and newcomer Ino. Uh, the show strikes a perfect balance of comedy with seriousness, and frankly, having binged the source material after the season, you know, levels up to levels up that source material to make full use of the animation medium. Uh, having caved and read the manga, I am super excited for the up- already announced third season to come, uh, though with no official release date, um, especially given it's likely to adapt the pivotal school festival arc. In any case, if not already clear, Kaguya-sama season 2 got a 5 out of 5.
Between the two five out of fives, Tower of God and Kaguya Season 2, while obviously one is a sequel that requires the first uh, set of episodes to fully appreciate it, I do think I have to give it to Kaguya the Eds here. Um, not only does it elevate the source material in the new medium, but it's also you know got me the cave and bins the source material, which uh, Tower of God wasn't quite able to get me to do. King. Movies. So, taking a quick break from the seasonal anime, there are two movies I wanted to highlight, if not include, in the running for Anime of the Year. Uh, these didn't quite necessarily premiere in 2020 in Japan, but it did watch them here in the States la this year, uh, back before quarantine hit and we could actually watch movies in theaters still. You can go and rent or purchase these to watch on digital via Google Play or iTunes. First up, we have Weathering With You, Makoto Shinkai's follow-up to his worldwide hit, Your Name. Now, out of the gate, there is going to be a lot of comparisons between the two films, and to get that out of the way, I definitely think that Your Name is a more enjoyable and more straightforward uh, and somewhat better executed film. That being said, I still think, you know, uh, Weathering You is uh, executed to a high level, and some of that messiness with the plot and whether you can enjoy it or not... Uh, makes it a better film in some ways, right? Uh, you know, you, you trade off having a more satisfying ending that's neatly tied up in a bow or more likable protagonist in exchange for, you know, having more moral shades of gray and really challenging you as an audience to answer some really tough questions, uh, which really good films do. Um, I ended up giving Weathering With You a four out of five. The other movie I watched in theaters was Marisaki Yuasa's romance film, Ride Your Wave. Following the story of Hinako, a surfing college student who is saved from a burning apartment by Minato, a young firefighter, they quickly become lovers before Minato tragically ends up drowning in a surfing incident. Uh, sorry for the spoilers, but that's okay because that's actually the real starting point for the story, um, as it's really about Hinako's grieving and learning to cope and move on from you know the sad past, basically, without forgetting what she gained from that experience. And quote-unquote ride her wave in the wake of his death. It's a really touching story that covers a topic that really should be covered a lot more in, in animation. Uh, for you also joined, it surprisingly has an nor oddly normal aesthetic, though it still definitely has a signature style when it comes to the water animation. Uh, overall, I give Ride Your Wave a 4 out of 5. Summer 2020 Uh, so... Back to the, summer, to the seasonal anime, on, for the summer 2020 anime season, we had 16 shows starting the season, plus 6 series from the spring that had been delayed to start, for a total of 22 anime this season, full length. Uh, given the relatively light slate, I ended up watching 14 shows total, um, or rather 13 and a half. I'm actually still only partway through Great Pretender, uh, which only recently was fully released worldwide on Netflix. Um, of course, there, here are the ones that got a 4 and 5 out of 5. Um, I gave Gundam Build Risers, Gundam Build Divers Revise a 4 out of 5. Now, this one is closer to a 3 out of 5 for non-Gundam fans, which is, frankly, I'm not that much of a Gundam fan um, as is. Um, however, the Gunpla slash virtual Gunpla uh, timeline within the larger Gundam universe is my entry point to the series. Um, frankly, few series have come to the 
come close to the magic of the first Gundam Build Fighters series, but Gundam Divers Revised comes close. I think what really impressed me is that it took the plot holes from the relatively weak first iteration of Build Divers and not only patched them, but did so in a way that retroactively elevated the last entry in hindsight. Plus, you know, the final few episodes gave me that Avengers Endgame-like feeling and really sold the series for me. Another sequel with Endgame-like vibes was Sword Art Online, Alicization, War of the Underworld Part 2. Quite a mouthful, but you know this one also earned a 5 out of 5 for me. Uh, sure, there were probably nitpicks with the series that could be approved upon and in its adaptation, but that visceral feeling of seeing the conclusion of 100 episodes of a, of a, of a long-running series, um, you know, again, with the, uh, with the Avengers, kind of, uh, Avengers Endgame's vibe, it really sold this one for me. And, you know, granted, we do have SAO Progressive announced uh, coming soon, um, and hopefully a unitable ring adaptation in the future. Kirito and his friends aren't going anywhere. But again, you know, Elicization as a whole really redeemed the entire series for me, which I wasn't honestly that impressed with the first SAO series in hindsight. Uh, for more on that, though, check out my, my full SAO episode from earlier this year. Uh, moving on to some non-sequels, uh, Millionaire Detective Balance Unlimited was a fun romp that started a bit slow with a mismatched Buddy Cop series before turning on to tackle a multi-episode cold case mystery that was a pleasantly surprise. Um, you know, overall, it net a 4 out of 5 for me. Uh, Operary Runman may have disappointed as not quite delivering on the full-on Wacky Races meets Steel Ball Run meets Dr. Stone we were promised initially, but nonetheless, it was a fun Western samurai romp across America, uh, which was a great time with great production value. Um, enough to net a 4 out of 5. Uh, Decadence brought back the talents behind Mob Psycho 100 and Beth Parade together for a sci-fi action mystery series with an incredible world-building uh, and unique premise that they quickly got out of the way in episode 2 uh, with the plot so you could just dive right in. Uh, plus, you know, giant robots, fists, resolving everything is always a draw to me. Decadence got a 5 out of 5. Uh, now, you know, this last series, Great Pretender, as I noted before, I haven't actually quite finished yet. As of the recording, I'm somewhere around episode 14. Uh, I've just finished three of the four cases this series covers, uh, with the last one being a lengthier nine episodes for a full 23 episodes. I didn't give this one a full review back when this series aired, but, you know, some quick thoughts now uh, being able to comment on how, to, without being able to comment on how the series wraps up. Uh, one, I really enjoy the aesthetic of the show, probably the most almost of any series uh, this year, nearly. Um, the hypersaturated color palette to recreate the real-life locations of London, Singapore, and London, uh, Los Angeles, Singapore, and London, really make it pop off the screen. You combine with a crazy, jazzy soundtrack that harkens to classics such as Cowboy Bebop or Bacchano, I'm in on the look and sound of the show. Uh, the twists and two, the twists and turns of each caper are actually never that predictable, even if they are a little bit fucked up if you think about them too hard. But uh, that minor quibble aside, it's really great fun. Um, I definitely get shades of Lupin the Third, which probably just comes with the highest genre in general, I think. Um, and third, you know, I can't really say it's done a great job of pointing toward a larger theme or message, but it does a pretty good job of providing developments for its characters. Uh, in particular, I really enjoyed Abby's arc in Case Two, which really stood out to me so far. Now, I'm not exactly sure where the final score will land, but it's on pace to get at least a 4 out of 5 and could very well end up being a 5 out of 5 by the end of the series. Um, only time will tell. So aside from potentially Great Pretenders sneaking in and doing a bang-up job with the ending uh, to steal it away, the only solid fives of the five, 5 out of 5s from the summer were Soda Online, War Elicization, War of the Underworld Season 2, and Decadence. In my original episode, I gave the edge to Decadence for being an original series that didn't rely on the weight of what 
of what had come up in other seasons to add value to it, as Soda Online kind of did. And that mostly stands to this day, though I think the gap between all of these shows has drunk somewhat. I definitely feel there are days where sometimes I think Opera Iron Man might swing ahead of Decadence for anime of the season, depending on my mood. And again, Great Pretender could very well, you know, steal the steal the anime of the of the season title um, by the end. But for now, though, I'll, I'll put it down as Decadence for the anime of the season for summer 2020. Fall 2020. Uh, finally, for the fall 2020 anime season, I obviously haven't had my full epi- review episode for the season just yet, and I don't want to give away my full thoughts on the show on the shows. However, I have pretty much finished most of the series that have come and given the baseline score. Uh, for full breakdown on why I gave these scores, tune on the first episode of 2021. But in any case, here are the top anime of Fall 2020 out of the 30s I watched the first episode of and the 17s I've you know finished. Uh, note that I'm not counting Burn the Witch or Attack on Titan in these lists. Burn the Witch for its own since it's only an OVA series, and Attack on Titan because it's only four episodes in at this point. Uh, Fire Force season two got a four out of five. Talentless Nana four out of five. Warlords of Sigurdrifa four out of five. Adachi Tosimamura five out of five. Akudama Drive. 5 out of 5, and Jujutsu Kaisen, which, while it's only a placeholder score for the, as the second half of the season will continue to air into winter 2021, so far Jujutsu Kaisen is a 5 out of 5. Now, the three 5 out of 5s in consideration are between Adachi Toshimimura, Akudama Drive, and Jujutsu Kaisen. While Akudama Drive was a really compelling original cyberpunk story that absolutely nailed the ending the more I think about it, and you know, while Adachi Tosimomura was a great portrayal that we rarely see of the awkwardness of high school emotions, um, I think I have to give the edge to the Jujutsu Kaisen here. Maybe it's my Sonen bias kind, kind of coming through, but Studio Mapper was able to avoid the issues that they had with God of High School from the summer of being too rushed a plot in their adaptation while still maintaining the high level of action sequence Sakuga we've gone to expect from them. And the strength of the story itself um, and the world of the cursed spirits and the Jujutsu sorcerers and the power system shows why this is one of the main up-and-coming Sonen Jump series to really keep an eye on. Um, it's, I'm take, it's taking all I can do to not binge the source material before the series is over. You know, plus, you know, the ending is an absolute bop. And while it's likely to cha- change with the second half of the season in winter, uh, it's been permanently ingrained in my head. That said, you know, if this were limited to anime contained within the single season itself, I would have to give the nod to Akadama. Drive, but again, Jujutsu Kaisen for now is the uh, winter and or the fall 2020 anime of the season. Uh, who knows? Maybe if, if it continues on into uh, you know uh, winter 2021 uh, anime of the season, I might end up retroactively giving it back to Akadama Drive. Anyway, uh, final awards. Uh, now, before we get to anime of the year, some other categories uh, that, on, on different ways to look at these shows. Uh, first up, we have Best Long-Winning Series. Uh, the contenders here are all shows that are sequel seasons to shows that have previously pre- previously premiered in other seasons. And this category looks at which season brings up the average show of all the others in the series to date. Uh, so, for example, you know, um, you know, Gundam Build Divers and all the other uh, subsequent, uh, all the other Gunpla-related Gundam series. Uh, so, in continuation, we have Fire Force Season Two, Gundam Build Fi- Gundam Build Divers Revise. Kaguya-sama, Season 2. My Hero Academia, Season 4. Sword Art Online, Alicization, War of the Underworld, Season 2. Part 2. Um, and the winner here is Sword Art, Al- Sword Art Online, Alicization. 
While Kaguya-sama was anime of its season, I think Soda Online has the distinction of being, you know, a cap on over on nearly a hundred episodes of material, with this final arc retroactively really elevating the entire all the previous seasons, not just the source material. The same could be said of Gundam Build Divers, though that's a little bit more niche for Gundam fans in general. But again, congratulations to Sora Online Alicization. For best adaptation, for this category, I need to have read all of the manga or light novel of the episodes covered, and I look at how well the anime adapted the source material to the small screen. In this category, we have Interspaces Reviewers, Kaguya-sama, and My Hero Academia Season 4. The winner here is Kaguya-sama Season 2. Again, as I noted before, the anime adaptation here really takes advantage of the medium to the fullest, ad- to the fullest adding in anime original sequences to really elevate the story be- be- being told beyond what was originally told on page. The best original series, Akudama Drive, Operator Ranman, BNA, Decadence, Great Pretender, and Warlords of Sigurdrifa. And the winner here is Akudama Drive. While Decadence was anime of its season, uh, though technically I guess Akudama Drive might end up becoming that, I think as a standalone self-contained story, I really enjoyed Akudama's Drive a little bit more and you know a little bit more coherent. And I think most importantly, it really nailed the ending in a really satisfactory ma- manner. Um, now, perhaps in future iterations of the Yet Another Anime Podcast Awards show, uh, we'll go ahead and include other technical categories such as Best Animation, Best Art Direction, Best Writing, Characterization, Music, and so on. But, you know, we didn't have time to prepare all that, unfortunately, so hopefully we'll get that to uh, in a future iteration. For now, let's go ahead and get to the top fives. Now, before we conclude the show with naming the anime of the year, again, let's get over the top 25 anime from 2020 that I think you should at the very least check out. In the four out of fives, we have the sequel shows, My Hero Academia, Season 4, Gundam Build Divers, Re-Rise, Fire Force, Season 2. In the adaptations from four out of fives, we have Interspecies Reviewers, Bofuri, or the Maxed Out Defense Isekai, Dora Hedero, Gleipnir, Hamifura, or My Life as a Villainess, All Roads Lead to Doom, Kakushigoto, Talentless Nana, and Millionaire Detective, Balance Unlimited. For the 4 out of 5 originals, we have BNA, Brand New Animal, Apare Ranman, and Warlords of Sigurdrifa. And we have the 4 out of 5 movies, Weathering with You, Ride You, and Ride Your Wave. And finally, we have the 5 out of 5s. These include Tower of God, Sword Art Online, Alice's Season, War of the Wonderland, War of the Underworld Part 2, Great Pretender, presumably, potentially, Adachi Toshimamura, and Akudama Drive. And then finally, we have the top anime of each season who are in contention for anime of the year. We have from the winter season, Keep Your Hands Off Eizouken. Spring season, Kaguya-sama, season 2. Summer season, Decadence. And fall season, Jujutsu Kaisen. So which one gets the first annual Yet Another Anime Podcast, Yet Another Anime of the Year Award? Is it the ode to creativity and imagination that is Keep Your Hands Off Eizouken? Is it the elevated adaptation of the already excellent source material in Kaguya-sama Season 2? Is it the novel genre convention pushing decadence from summer season? Or is it the extremely hype Soden stalwart in Jujutsu Kaisen? And the winner is... Keep Your Hands Off Eizouken! 
I think that Keep Your Hands Off Azuken is the anime, more so than any other this year, that had a strong coherent message behind it that stuck with me and simmered in my heart long after I finished watching it. Maybe it's just me working on the storytelling creative medium of podcasting, but the earnestness of the amateur film club members, Midori, Sayaka, and Tsubame, as they continue to make, as they attempt to make anime of their own and realize the vision in their heads, put it on paper for others to see, while never quite settling for the quality of their talents as is and always looking to improve, just resonated with me so hard. Combined again with Misaki Yuasa's unique style and you know, quirky uh, OST uh, makes us feel as though there's a strong autobiographical component to this work. The story itself speaks so much to me that you know I'm actually going back and updating my manual score. So while it had been a five out of five, which you know, normally translates to a nine out of ten for me on Mal, I am actually going ahead and raising it to a full ten out of ten, which is you know my functionally perfect anime uh, on top of having a personal significance to me. Uh, of note. Before this, only 5 other anime out of the 380 I have watched, or finished, and 600 I have at least watched some of, uh, have attained. So, congratulations to Keep Your Hands Off Eizuken for this honor. And with that, that brings us to an end for the first inaugural uh, Yet Another Anime Podcast, uh, Yet Another Anime Awards Ceremony. Uh, which anime was your anime of the year for 2020? Are there any shows I didn't mention that you really think I should have considered? Uh, let me know on Twitter at YetAnnoAnnePod or via email at YetAnotherAnimePodcast at gmail.com. You can follow my main analyst at NinjaBoy333, uh, boy with an I. Uh, link to that as well as my iTunes, Spotify, and Google playlistings for the show will be in the show notes. Please leave a review on any of those or on Podchaser.com or just share with a friend. It really helps. Uh, intro and outro music is provided by Soichi Sakagami at Tandas.com. Editing and production is provided by Ninja Boy Media. That's it for this season. Uh, we'll be back on January 8th with the fall anime recaps as mentioned before. But until then, see you Space Cowboy. Bang!